Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. I will be flying mostly solo this evening as we discuss the Colorado Rockies 4-3 loss at the hands of the San Francisco Giants, though Patrick Lyons will be along a little bit via this handy-dandy machine I've got here to relay a few of the messages from Bud Black and the players from this evening. Obviously, a frustrating loss for the team For all of you out there, as those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast recall me saying in the first game of this series when the Colorado Rockies managed to pull a win despite the fact that they sent three consecutive pitchers to start the game who had not pitched all season, Chichi Gonzalez, Jeff Hoffman, and then Philip Deal, and somehow still managed to win that game, you you heard me characterize it as the Colorado Rockies stole one. And tonight, the San Francisco Giants stole one back. The Rockies really got a solid pitching performance out of John Gray, their starter. Really, the three-run home run being the biggest blemish on the resume for the evening. And if you looked inside the stat cast details on that one, you found that it was a pretty poor luck home run for John Gray or a good luck home run for Brandon Belt, however you want to look at it. There was a certain irony to the fact that so many people were pointing out how uh, they thought Nolan Arenado's home run the game before had been incredibly lucky because it was so low. But one way or another, that's at least an extra base hit. The Brandon Belt ball at 48 degrees on a launch angle and just over 100 miles an hour off of the bat that's a home run about or that's a hit excuse me not a home run that's a hit about three percent of the time and that really did end up being the difference in the game all that being said I do think this is the first time all season where you can fairly say that the Colorado Rockies were more or less outplayed in the game by their opponents. It's going to happen. It was it was going to happen at some point. They had managed to lose two games in which they had kind of outplayed their opponents in, I would argue, both the season opener and the home opener. Here, they lose this game. They didn't play good defense. They didn't get the key hits. Uh, their starting pitcher, while... I thought he was solid, was not excellent, and certainly gave up the you know the big hits at the wrong time. And so the Rockies very clearly deserved to lose this game. Coming in here now, Henry's saying, I'm not sure what went wrong for Colorado tonight, but maybe everyone doesn't know what went wrong. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, this is why typically, right, In a normal baseball season, you would play 162 games. And it's why there is a unique excitement, but also anxiety to a 60-game 
season because stuff like this can happen. Uh, Part of the three-run home run was created by an error on the behalf of Trevor Story, who, as we all know, has not only been fantastic this season, but going back to last season and the season before. Last year, he earned a Gold Glove nomination. The year before, he probably should have. But that is a a really tough error to start out the inning. And John Gray had already cleaned up some mistakes on the part of his defense by inducing double plays throughout the game and generally not letting things get out of control. And I would argue that the slider that he threw to Brandon Belt, not a bad pitch. You probably wanted a little further down and a little more inside, and you probably get him to roll it over. But in a lot of other ballparks and just nine times out of 10, that's probably going to die as a warning track out, not go down as a three-run jack. And your Colorado Rockies, therefore, probably end up winning the game. The the two-run, or I'm sorry, the two-out rally, the inning later, also hurt uh, Brandon Belt, man. He's just had John Gray's number a little bit. He's always hit well at Coors Field. And things like that are why you can't predict a four-game sweep ever, ever, ever. You all heard me come on this podcast after the Padres series was over and the Rockies should have swept that and say the Giants are not a good baseball team. That said, you don't predict a sweep. You don't ever predict a sweep. You don't ever expect a sweep, not just in three games, but certainly not in four games. I expected the Rockies to lose the first one. They didn't. I expected them to win this one with John Gray on the hill. They didn't manage to get that done either. Brutal with the the late-inning rallies not really coming around when there was a a few opportunities there for the Rockies to get some late runs, but it just didn't quite materialize. And I think because of the way the, the season has gone so far, so many of us thought there's an opportunity here. Uh, they're going to come back. They're going to figure out a way. They're going to somehow win this baseball game, but it didn't come to pass, and it, and it did turn into a brutal loss. Got a couple of quotes coming in here from Patrick Lyons. John Gray on uh, his reduced strikeout number saying, I wouldn't read anything into it after three starts. I'm sorry, this is Bud Black talking about John Gray's Reduced strikeout numbers so far. Didn't get a ton of punch outs today. I noticed that too. Was getting the weak ground outs though. Guys were not hitting the ball hard against him. Again, even the Brandon Belt home run was not hit especially hard. It wasn't in the top eight hard hit balls in the game. It was just a little bit unlucky that its trajectory managed to leave the ballpark. So Bud Black saying wouldn't read too much into the lack of strikeouts. And and I would agree. I, I still think that we are going to see uh, the best version of John Gray this year is yet to come, right? He's going to put some things together and do some stuff. And, and again, we've talked about this already, but Bud Black on the home run that Brandon Belt hit saying it wasn't a great pitch, but it wasn't a bad pitch. And again, that's kind of what I was saying just a moment ago, right? You'd like to get that a little further inside, a little further down the back foot slider, right? From a right-handed pitcher to the left-handed hitter. Didn't quite bury it. That's what they call it when you get it further down and in on him. But it still wasn't a terrible location. 
good hitter, had a good hit, and a place where he hits well. Maybe somewhere down the line, Brandon Belt has a second career available to him as a Colorado Rockies DH, much in the way that Matt Kemp has found his way into that role this year. And that seems to be the Rockies' new thing with both Kemp and Owings. Just go out and get dudes who rake at Coors Field. I don't know when Brandon Belt's uh, contract is up, and I know that he, you know the shine is off of that dude. He raked against a lot of people there for a while, and now he just hasn't been that guy. But maybe they can get him in the future for nothing to come in here and DH at Coors Field because, boy, does he love hitting there. It's just always – like. We've talked about this again. Everyone likes hitting at Coors Field, but some dudes absolutely feast there. And Brandon Belt is one of those guys. Speaking of feasting, I've been down here at the DNVR bar this evening. Had several opportunities to get myself some great food. I've gotten a couple of orders of wings. I've gotten a couple of orders of tots. And of course, I've had myself a couple of Breckenridge brews. You can get the mango mosaic one of my favorites down here at the bar you can get the rk special which is the hot peak ipa mixed with a little bit of strawberry sky one of my favorites of course is the mile high city copper lager and whether you're getting it down here at the bar you're having it delivered to you by davidson's picking it up at your local king supers or you're swinging by the farmhouse where you can call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. You use that code DNVR and you save five bucks off both the food and the beer, which is a pretty great deal when you think about it. Usually you don't get the discount off of both. You got to pick one or the other. And speaking of toasting, because we did some toasting this evening down here at the DNVR bar, Mostly for the Nuggets and the Avs. Sadly, the Rockies weren't able to make it a clean sweep for your Denver, Colorado sports teams. Though they've been holding up their end of the bargain so far for most of the season. You do have to tip your cap and toast your glass to Nolan Arenado, our draft king of the game. I honestly considered giving this to John Gray despite the the way it went. The insurance fourth run is the thing that really made me decide, no, you, you, you've got to keep that one off the board if you're going to be king of the game. A bad luck three-run home run, I can look past. Uh, be giving up the insurance run, that's a little bit tough. Here, you got to go with Nolan Arenado hitting a home run in his third consecutive baseball game. He's looking really locked in at the plate after a slow start Hit the ball hard a couple of times out there tonight. Um, You really saw him turn and just launch that thing. It was the first pitch of the inning against a lefty. I've talked about this before, and I think it was an article I wrote last year. Maybe it was the year before, but I'm pretty sure it was last year. We were talking about Nolan Arenado and the way people try to make him into some kind of Coors Field creation, which, of course... All of you know is not a thing that actually exists. But I laid out three different environments for Nolan Arenado, right? Take only his at-bats at Coors Field, okay? That's one environment. Now, take only his at-bats against left-handed pitching. That's another environment. Every at-bat he's had in his career against a lefty, regardless of whether it was home, road, wherever, Jupiter, doesn't matter, right? And then the third category, let's take only his at-bats 
in what baseball uh, baseball leverage, that's not a thing, baseball reference defines as high leverage, right? Not just late in games, but typically uh, when the game is within a run or two, WPA is a good way to, you know, we can go into all this at a later date, but it, it it's kind of complicated, but it's not that much. Basically, whatever you intuitively think of a high leverage at bat, that's what counts as a high leverage at bat here. Okay. So three different environments for Nolan Arenado. Which do you think he excels in the most of those three? If the you're a part of the national audience, you might have said, well, Coors Field. We know he rakes at Coors. We've seen his numbers at Coors. It's actually third. His numbers at just Coors Field, and I don't have them right in front of me. His OPS or his batting average slugging, all that stuff, just a little bit lower than his OPS and OPS plus and WRC plus and all of those fun numbers. If you just have him bat against lefties, which is number two. Number one, hitting in the clutch. Nolan Arenado has been the king in the clutch for most of his time in Major League Baseball. And it's a bigger factor to whether or not he's going to get a base hit or a home run than whether or not he is at Coors Field. And so the fact that the Giants let a lefty pitch to Nolan Arenado at Coors Field in a relatively high leverage situation was like... That is the recipe for hitting a home run. Of course he swung at the first pitch he saw and hit it out. That was, if if you had a calculator out and we're just running this stuff based on that, you would have guessed that Nolan Arenado was going to hit a home run in that at-bat because everything just lined up perfectly for him to do so. So it's nice to know on that level, after a slow-ish for him, eight-game start to the season, that Nolan still is exactly who we thought he was. He is still the guy that crushes lefties, that rakes at Coors, but most importantly, delivers big at-bats late in the game, even though that one didn't end up delivering the win for your Colorado Rockies. Put them in an opportunity to do so. Several chances to either hit that game-tying home run, get the guy in from second. It didn't end up going down that way. It's not going to every single time and that's why you typically play so many ball games and it's why each and every one of these is going to be that much more important one way or another for your rock is a couple other notes here on this not the starting pitching just the pitching in general i wanted to point out again what a game for the bullpen after John Gray gutted through his six innings pitched and just the three earned runs, which is a quality start, uh, whether you're at Coors Field or not. And we've argued that it should be four runs at Coors. That, that's, a, that's an outing that's going to get you a win more often than not, especially if your bullpen comes in and does what Tyler Kinley, Daniel Bard, and Carlos Estevez did tonight, throwing 10, 12, and 8 pitches respectively allowing just two base runners on a couple of singles one against Bard one against Estevez and that was it all of them throwing darts touching 97 98 miles an hour these sliders that are coming out and showing you again that these Colorado Rockies relievers aren't a joke they aren't a fluke 
Daniel Bard's not just a nice story. He's a nice story. He's a great story. The guy was coaching for the Arizona Diamondbacks just a few months ago. And now he's throwing 98 and breaking off 90 mile an hour sliders that are unhittable at guys' back knees? Are you kidding me? Daniel Bard has shown he's got closer stuff. Tyler Kinley showed you again tonight. He has got closer stuff. He threw some funky, gnarly, ridiculous, disgusting pitches. Asiel is right. Daniel Bard is like the movie The Rookie. Absolutely right. The rest of these guys just throwing gas. Kinley, Estevez was touching 97 more tonight than I had seen him so far this year. He looked fantastic. And again, Bud Black is like, as long as it's a baseball game and Estevez hasn't pitched in four of them in a row, he's going to be out there showing you how much he has trust and faith in that young man sitting with the 123 ERA on the season. Daniel Bard lowering his to 270. Tyler Kinley still has not yet given up a run this year. The bullpen's for real. They're going to get better production out of these guys. And if John Gray gives you six innings and three runs at Coors Field, you're going to win that game more often than not. This is just one of those rare moments where you got a solid start, you got decent hitting, but you got bad defense from the Rockies, which isn't going to happen too often, and you couldn't quite come up with that key hit and you just dropped one to a team that you should beat. And it's all, you know, water over the, it's, it's all, you can wash this all away very, very easily with a win in the final game of the series. You take three of one in a four game set. No big deal, right? You don't need sweeps. You need to win every series that you possibly can. If the Colorado Rockies split a four game set with the lowly giants, they're going to feel bad about it now. So it does put that much more pressure on Kyle Freeland to go out there and deliver that series clincher on Thursday afternoon. Big, big game here now for Kyle Freeland at Coors Field. His third outing of the year to come out and prove to you, to us, to his teammates, to the national media, whatever the national media, the local media, whoever, that he's back. This is a game for that type of dude, for him to come out and show, I want to be not just that thing that Drew keeps saying on the podcast and Patrick keeps saying on the podcast, that in between my Cy Young contender and my other version. I want to be a solid number three. You think Kyle Freeland sits at home? Which, by the way, I don't know if you've heard this, is in Denver. He's from Denver. Have you heard that? Do you think Kyle Freeland sits at home going, I want to be a solid number three? No. Of course not. Kyle Freeland wants to come out and shove. Kyle Freeland wants to come out and win the series for your Colorado Rockies. And that's the opportunity he has in front of him now to come out and pitch his best ball game of the season. Now would be the time to do it because you, you really don't want to, after this great start, feel like you've lost the momentum by splitting a, a set with a team that you should absolutely be able to beat. Got another note coming in here from Patrick Lyons, but before I read that, I've got to remind everybody to check out our friends 
at WGT Golf, the official sponsor of DNVR Gaming. You know you can download it totally for free at dnvrgolf.com, whether it's on your computer or your phone. You can play with over 20 million people around the world, but more than likely, more than likely, I don't think that's a word, but more than likely, you will want to play against several of us here on the DNVR staff or in the DNVR community. We've got three country clubs now. You can join that third one. It is a blast to play closest to the hole or full stroke play on world-famous golf courses, including St. Andrews, Beth Page Black, and more. Again, it's totally free at dnvrgolf.com. As Patrick is sending me in a couple of uh announcements here it does look like uh oh that's right uh colorado baseball fans the return of rico garcia and chatfield high school's tyler rogers that's right tyler rogers out there tonight and tyler anderson has been announced as the giant starter against kyle freeland on thursday the first time i think that they've given us this the actual day in advance and so I mean, this would just be an extra super frustrating one for your ball club to lose, wouldn't it? Anderson, with all the struggles that he had in his time in Colorado, especially last year, uh, the way he wasn't able to tame Coors Field, Kyle Freeland, you hope is on the mend. This team needs to get the series win over the Giants. They've got to find a way to get the key hit. The offense has to be out for blood against a guy they know does not have overwhelming stuff and was susceptible all year last year to getting blown up at Coors Field. They have got to, got to, got to find a way to win this baseball game. And this is tough, man. This is where in a normal year it would feel ridiculous just 11 or 12 games into a season saying, you're coming up on a must win. And it's not a must win in terms of their year, in terms of the their momentum, in terms of how positive they can truly feel about their start to the season and to their first homestand here. You took the series from the Padres. If you split with the Giants, it doesn't feel like you've had a successful homestand. You take three of one. It really really does three of four excuse me you go three and one you don't take three of one that would be impossible Asiel saying yeah tomorrow mental check that's where it's at it's all up here for this team gonna be really fascinating to see what they do and and as I said you know the linchpin has been this for a long time for this team and certainly for this game tomorrow Kyle Freeland This can go a lot of ways. If it goes in the positive, it's time to start feeling really good. If it goes in the negative and they drop one, you pump the brakes a little bit. You still feel good about the start. You go, okay, let's see how they come out in Seattle. And and if they, they play well there, you can start feeling really good again. I still think fundamentally it's a good baseball team, but you you take a deep breath and you maybe censor yourself if, if they can't figure out how to win this one. They do go crazy. Don't don't go crazy, but I mean, they really they're re- if Kyle Freeland comes out and shoves, the team's going places. 
it won't be like they can play 500 baseball from here on out and finish with 33 wins and be comfortably in the postseason. So even if they drop games they shouldn't to the Giants or they get beat up a bit in the second half by teams like the Dodgers or uh, the Astros or whoever it may be, they can play 500 ball from here on out and make the postseason. Every game they play over 500, that's a move toward the division. That's a move toward dominance. That's a move toward announcing yourself. They can hang on and get in the dance and see what happens. There's no need to panic. They can't take this series from the Giants. But I'll tell you what, folks, I will say it again. If Kyle Freeland comes out and pitches that quality start, Kyle, six innings, two or fewer runs, really looks good for most of his outing. The team's not going away. He's not going to stop. John and Marquez not going to stop. I don't think Sensatella is going to stop. The bullpen isn't going to stop. Bard's for real. Estevez is for real. We knew that. Diaz, Kinley. We'll see what the rest of them got. They're hanging in there. They're, they're obviously doing a lot better than hanging in there, but... It's not an accident. It's not a small sample size. They very easily could have won this game again. You're looking at all three losses on their record right now. Winnable games for the Colorado Rockies. So, On that note, I think I'm going to sign this off. I'm going to thank you all for listening in to this episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast. Hopefully you're following everyone on social media. You know I'm at Drew Creaseman. Got to follow at Patrick D. Lyons and at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of the exclusive written content. You got to make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and you click the little bell icon so you know whenever we're going live so that you can participate in the conversation here in our comment section, hanging out with us while we're talking live, whether it's after every single one of these Colorado Rockies ball games or sometimes in the afternoon just to play games and have fun. And you got to make sure that you get yourself some DNVR merch, including this hat and shirt that I'm wearing representing the Avs who did actually find themselves into a win today. So it was still a positive day for your Colorado sports teams getting two out of three. The, the Rockies had to take the loss on that one, but they can go back out and reclaim their ground and territory on Thursday. So thank you all for listening in to this episode of the podcast. I hope you will continue to remain absolutely awesome out there. I will continue to remain absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.